excuse me, may I talk to you for a second? Yes. This is the Black Real Estate Dialogue, and the purpose of the Black Real Estate Dialogue is to document the journey of an up-and-coming real estate investor and to share the stories of successful Black real estate investors. Welcome back to the Black Real Estate Dialogue, and today is closing day, and it features a Black Real Estate Dialogue favorite, Storm Leroy from episode 64. Five. And in this episode, man, Storm just really unpacks uh, the beginnings of his journey and how he literally was able to um, work on how to partner with banks and how that gave him the foundation to eventually expand his rental property portfolio. So, yo, as always with Storm, man, it's an amazing, amazing experience. So buckle up. Let's get into it. Let's go. You made a good decision, you know, um, and I just don't want people to to miss that. You know, sometimes like you may not have all the information. You may not, you know, no one has a, a crystal ball. But, you know, if you can hit a couple yeah. of factors that you're looking for, it can set you up big time down the road. And now you're in a position where something sold for like four times, you know, what you purchased your yeah. property for, which of course puts you in a position to play some play play some ball. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I want to piggyback off of that because you, you made definitely made a great point. It's for those people. And, and I'm very much with this. Like, I don't want to give people the, the automatic um, success in the beginning. I want to tell you the dirt where I came from in the dirt. Right. Which is so true. And with that being said, you cannot be afraid to do what other people aren't doing. You know, like a lot of people say things like, well, if out-of-state investing or, or real estate is that big of a thing, then how come so many other people aren't doing it? And I tell them, no, the people you know just aren't doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I came to buy in Bed-Stuy, it was very few Black people like me buying. Like the people that were buying were Jewish. Mm-hmm. They were coming in here, buying them and just holding them. And they were doing those things. Nobody, like I said, it was maybe one other friend of mine who was buying and, you know, me and him connect. And that was it. You know, I bought, like I said, I bought another one. So it's crucial to say to yourself, just because everybody else isn't doing it, that doesn't mean I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe you're just leader of the pack. You're ahead of what's going on. And sometimes you cannot deny that thing in you is telling you this is the right thing to do. You have to investigate ask yourself the questions, search for the answers, and don't rely from those answers from someone who isn't doing the research or doesn't know it's half as much as you know, especially if they're not a risk taker. Like if if worse came to worse and you bought a property, if I bought this property for $400,000 and okay, cool, things didn't work out, I'll sell it for Mm $400,000. You get what I'm saying? You have something tangible there. People really fear... um, the the thought of not being able to get to that point of what they thought it would be when in actuality you did the hard part because you stepped into the arena of the unknown yeah. to actually do something. So you're 100% right. I want people to know this side of, of the game, but not to be turned off and go, well, it's over now. These houses are worth $2 million. So yeah. I don't want to hear about him. He got lucky with a $400,000 house. Yeah, but what I did was transition that into find me another market that catered to the same kind of low market 
when I got in at 400, I found another market to keep growing, you know? So that's the encouragement. You're 100% right. Those stories need to be told. Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, out of state, out of state, talk to us about the beginning of that, you know, um, you, you mentioned that you, you met, you met a, a guy who kind of put you onto game. You met some people on bigger pockets. Uh, talk to us about, I guess, get all that information. Now talk to us about like, all right, when you found a place you wanted to invest and, and took it from there. Okay. Um, once I did all my research, meaning talk to everybody on bigger pockets, the key was taking that relationship online and taking it offline, like connecting with these people in the chat rooms, the forums, you know, messaging each other back and forth and then going, look, let's set up a call. And I'm talking to investors in other states. I'm talking uh, uh, about property management companies, building your team, this and that. And everybody's like, when, you, when you're in the real estate, you cannot stop talking about real estate and you will share this information with anybody who's willing to listen. And that's <laughs> yeah. why I tell people, when you talk to people like me or someone like yourself, you need to get the recorder going because I'm going to give you so much information, so much jewels. You're yeah. not going to be able to write it down. You're not. So just be prepared to go, dag, I missed all of that information. Right? So this is what they were doing to me. They were just hitting me. Boom, 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 boom. And what I, what I did learn, and I have a, a section, you know, I have a course that I teach. And inside there, I have a whole section dedicated to bigger pockets. Like it tells you how to navigate and become uh, from a newbie to literally a pro. Because mm-hmm. when you get in there, you can't hit that form and start asking questions. You kill yourself. And I literally jumped in. I was like, what's the best place to invest? What's this and that? And, you know, somebody actually pulled my coattail and said, listen, my man, I know that you're very active here. But don't ask the same questions that somebody else asks. Type the question in the form and search for the question. The answers are going to be there. You know, you come here with a good question that somebody hasn't asked. You're going to get a lot of people replying and then they're going to remember you. You're going to become friends with them. You're going to, you know, and I said, okay, cool. And that was it. I started searching, making those relationships. So then now once I finally figured out and I said, okay, I want to invest in my first property. Um, the key was finding a property management company, Mm -hmm. you know, well, even before then I had my funds in place because I had sold one of my properties here at a height where 800,000, I said, it's not going to get no higher than eight, but if I know, and I would have kept it to two. Right. So I started looking at, um, I started looking in Georgia. I started looking in Alabama. I started looking in, uh, Delaware, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I started looking everywhere. Yeah. So once I narrowed, narrowed my searches down, I said, you know what? I'm going to get into uh, Indianapolis. My first properties, I start looking there and I connect with a property management company. So once I got the property management company situation together, Mm -hmm. they were so intricate because just from having these experiences, I were able to tell them where I wanted to invest. What could they do? um, What were their fees? What I need to, what, uh, what could they help me with? Things of that nature. And the key was people on bigger pockets tell you up front, this is a great one. This is a bad one. This is a good one. That's a bad one. Like once they kind of cemented the relationship, this one is it. I'm going with that because these are the other investors who are seasoned. Why am I not going to listen to them? Yeah. So then once I listened to them, got the property, got the first one up and running, I said, because I was a landlord here in Brooklyn. So I was constantly always doing stuff. But once I did that and I realized, yeah, I don't I just bought a place with tenants. I don't have nothing to do. Let me get another one. So next week, 
I'm looking for another one. Two weeks, got another one. Close on that one, about a month, another one. Next you know, cool, another one. Said, so, okay, now the only only hiccup for me was um, we're dealing with banks, yeah. you know? So I tell people there's this thing I call a trifecta. Mm-hmm. The trifecta is using one mortgage to get you three investment properties. And that's what I did with banks, right? I had my primary residence. But when I wanted to do an investment property, I had the investment property purchase agreement, had the pre-approval. Now, what I tell people is when you're doing mortgage pulls from banks, it doesn't slam your credit because you're mortgage shopping. Yeah. You're mortgage shopping. So people go, oh, they keep pulling my credits. No, that's different because these are banks and you're looking for mortgages. So there's an exception, right? right. So once I got my first property pre-approved, they're doing the 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 you know the inspection, the appraisal. Mm-hmm. And all that. So now it's going to underwriting. I get another property. I get another pre-approval. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to get another one now. Woo. So not knowing all along that this one didn't close yet and how the benefits of me doing this helped me. So now I did a, got another one pre-approval, did the inspection, got all this. Now I'm under I'm in underwriting with this next property. Mm-hmm. So now with this next property, I said, man, I'm going to get another one. But the other one closed. I look at my credit report. I said, it's not showing yet. You know what? I'm going to see something. Got another pre-approval. Went and found another property. Got that property. Did the appraisal close? Boom. Next thing you know, I had three mortgages from one credit pool. Waited. Three months later, that's when all three popped up. I said, holy crap. I have to share that with people because what I learned is when you, as an investor, when you deal with banks, banks are not made for you to become an investor. It made for you to be a homeowner first. Right. They want you to be a homeowner. So, but other people that I know that have investment properties, they had a primary and then investment property. They would get a bank loan. And then once that investment property closed, the banks will not, cons- when you try to get another investment property, banks will not consider your rent from the investment property towards the mortgage. So now they're looking at your salary to pay for your primary residence mortgage and the investment property mortgage, they're looking at your salary to cover that mortgage. Right. Most banks do not count that money at all. They will count a small percentage of it. They want to see the lease, but most of them do not count. So now here it is. They go, we can't give you another mortgage. So now you're stuck with one primary residence and one investment property. Where when I did the trifecta is what I call it now, I end up getting three properties from doing that system. So I, wow. I preach that system and tell people, if you're going to do it, try to do that system. Because once you get one, you consider yourself moving into hard money and private money from that point on. Yeah. You know, learn to be um, financially savvy because when you get into real estate, as you know, we have to become strategically smart and crafty with doing deals and numbers and, right. and, and uh, hard money and things of that nature. So. That was how I literally got into buying my first properties and now to snowballing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Real Estate Dialogue podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Black Real Estate Dialogue and on Twitter at Bread Podcast. That's B-R-E-D Podcast. Until next time.